Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Sam Moses, and I am with my good friend, Matthew Garber. And today we'd like to talk about the idea of listening and how that applies to mastering and your music, and more importantly, how that applies to your whole life and your relationships. So, Matthew, are you ready for this one? What? Are you ready? Well, yeah, I was making a joke that I wasn't listening. (laughs) You got me. (laughs) I'm ready, Sam. (laughs) That's going to be the one we use. Excellent. I've been thinking this joke for a couple hours. Oh, you nailed it. I was like, dang it. See, I felt dumb because I was like, I feel like I did a pretty good intro there, and he didn't hear it. So then I was like, crap. Okay. I don't even know if we need to do another intro. No, this is it. This is the intro. This is the intro. And today, clip the hell out of my. Yep. Everything (laughs) is a brick wall right there. (laughs) Whatever. So, today we're talking about listening. Listening. (laughs) Get it out. Okay. Okay, So, uh, in terms of listening, where all of this derived from was, and if you do not know already, Sam is an absolutely fantastic blogger who is, and you should have probably heard that in the first episode. If you haven't heard it from the first episode, go listen to the first episode. Um, Sam is an incredible blogger who posts, as you said in the first episode, two times a week. If he has a rant, three or four times a week. <laughs> and it's he, he just has a different perspective in how he looks at certain things, and our first episode is really based around uh, a blog post that Sam had had, I'm pretty sure, in October? Yeah, on stealing. Yeah. Yeah, October 16th. And uh, that was on stealing, and when trying to think of, hey, what do we want to do for next week's podcast, we uh, were like, hey, well, Sam's an awesome blogger. Why don't we talk about some other stuff that you've written? And because there's like so much knowledge and there's so much good content there. And thank you. So if you don't read Sam's blog already, you should do that. <laughs> so, yeah, please do. So yeah, and as a mastering engineer, I mean, you pretty much have two jobs besides whatever else you do. Number 1 should be that you listen before you do anything else. Yeah. Um listening is your job and you are paid to listen and to analyze and to ultimately critique and then edit uh, accordingly uh, somebody else's work. So that is number one. And the second thing is that I have uh, posted down is do no harm. But this will be another podcast. So that's kind of – that's what I I live by. Number one is listen and number two is do no harm. So – but yeah, today we're going to be talking about listening and – we're going to hear what Sam has to say about it, and we have a couple bullet points down that we wanted to skim over with you. So, Sam, why don't you take that away? Sure. Uh, first, thank you for complimenting my blog. That is very nice of you to say. Oh, people need uh, to read it. That would be lovely. Um, okay, so listening for me over the years um, – has become so crucial to my life and to mastering and anything I do with music. 
Um, because over the years I have learned that listening essentially is the best way to take care of someone. Um, and when you listen, uh, you're essentially, oh man, it's such a big idea that you're essentially willing to give away part of your life. Um, it means that you are, um, you're going to quiet down everything that like is in you, your bias, your worldviews, um, your, everything you bring into the conversation, into a relationship. When you listen to someone truly, you're essentially putting that on pause and you're letting them, um, you're letting them share their desires and their thoughts with you. And this means that you essentially put aside your whole agenda. Um, and this is crucial because, uh, in music, when I am working on something, um, everybody is communicating in their own way. And one of the hardest things to do in life is to interpret what people are actually saying in life, if that makes sense. Um, and so I've found that over the last few years, the more I shut up and listen to people and let them talk, um, they in there somewhere, always vocalize what they want out of a conversation or out of a project. Mm. And learning this, learning how to listen properly, uh, just takes tons of time, and it takes practice. Um, and for me, effort. when I was growing up, like I was always making noise, and I probably wasn't a great listener. Um, I've always been like highly active, I wouldn't say like attention deficit disorder at all, just like very social, very outgoing, very talkative. I've always been making noise, which is partly why I got into music. Um, but then shifted over the last eight years, 10 years into listening because I just found that um, I was, I found when I was making all the noise, I wasn't ever able to like really get to know other people, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, once again, I don't think I was like a loudmouth, but it's just something, it's just so easy for us to um, just fill up the whole atmosphere with our thoughts, our beliefs, and how things should be. And the reality of life is that like we all have very unique perspectives and wants and desires and needs. And when you listen to someone, um, you're essentially giving away, once again, part of your life. Um, in that you're willing to give up an hour, two hours a day, um, of your life to hear someone else talk about their life and what they want in their dreams and desires. And that's a big deal, like at the end of the day, because the reality of life is that, um, we're only here for so long and we don't really know even how long we'll be here. But when you allow someone to share with you, um, you know, what's at their core and, and their wishes and their hopes and dreams for life and their music, which is always a, usually a reflection of their life mm -hmm. and their wants and needs and desires. Um, <laughs> it's just a super special thing. And, um, you know, with mastering, like you talked about, Matthew, like we get basically compensated to listen. Um, we get paid to pay attention and listen to what people have created. And we get paid to... Um, 
to take those songs and help them translate the best they can all over the world so other people can listen um, in all environments so that, you know, their story gets out to people. So I just think, like, the whole idea of listening is, like, it's such a, a responsibility and it's such a lost art um, with with the type of culture that we live in right now where, like, we're just always getting bombarded with, um, you know, social media and advertisement and people texting and, like, it's really easy to go a whole day and realize that you haven't even listened to anything, mm-hmm. you know, all day. You haven't listened to anyone. It's just all been about you and you moving forward. And um, I'm equally as guilty to that. Um, but I've just found that, like, within my business, the more I listen, the more I learn about my client, the more I give them a better end product. And that's, like, that's awesome. Once you, like, start with me, like, when you start to give people an end product that is really exactly what they wanted, um, that becomes contagious and addictive. And all you want to do is do that more because it's so fulfilling to you. Mm -hmm. You know, selfish, you call it selfishly, but, like, helping people out makes you feel good. I mean, it comes full circle. Yeah, and being able to help, like, get people's story and art out makes me feel terrific. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely a reason why I do what I do. Um, I don't want to act like I'm, like, some ultra unselfish person. <laughs> like, it feels good to help people out. And and the more you do that, um, you know, the more fun you have with your work. So that's kind of, like, my first idea on listening. Like, listening is the best way to care for others. Does that make sense, Matthew? Yeah, it totally does. And... <clears throat> This isn't like necessarily a podcast based on uh, mastering per se, even though it is listening as a principle that uh, right. kind of like the first tool that uh, mastering engineers pull out yeah. um, or that they should. Um, and it's not really supposed to go down in any type of like philosophical trail, but this will help people with um, with how to deal with clients. I mean, I mean you should be applying this to a relationship if you want right. that to last. Right. Um, but I mean, it's like, this is, as we talked about in the last podcast, I mean, everyone is in this to like help each other. Right. I mean, that's why, that's why you're doing this unless you yeah. have some other type of motive. Um, so if you're in this to kind of be part of a system, a family of people that do this, yeah. Um, listening, listening is going to be highly beneficial to you, to your career, and to any relationship, friendship, uh, what have you, business relationship, whatever that right. you may have. So it's right. uh, it's a little bit different of a podcast, but um, no, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think you're on the right track, and I mean, I'm really like on track with this blog. And I have like a couple snippets that I'll read throughout this that I'll probably uh, it'll probably cue some conversation about it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you have a section. Uh, listening is the best way to care for others. And what I pulled out of here was uh, listening requires you to put another person's thoughts, time, and life ahead of your own. Uh, it means 
less of you and more of them. It means putting your desires on hold and putting their desires above yours. Listening means you put aside your agenda. I have that underlined and bold. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, in a project, if, uh, I mean, if you think a project should go one way and the client thinks it should go another, it's like, kind of got to remember, I mean, nine times out of 10, this is like, this is written about something that's happened to them or right. uh, something that's been going on in their life. It's a very like emotional and intimate thing that right. they've entrusted you with. So we need to make sure that we listen to that. We need to make sure that we honor that. And right. even if we want it to go one way to make something like your typical master, I mean, yeah. but if they want it to go in another direction, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that or that direction if that's where they see it going. Right, um, absolutely. So, I mean, if there is something wrong with it sonically, I mean, just send them both and see what they like. Right. Um, I mean, if you've been doing this long enough, chances are they'll end up liking your version better. So just don't tell them right. which version is yours and theirs. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you really wanted to play the game. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, and then uh, the next one that you had was listening is selfless. Um, and... That quote was, I have to lay down my thoughts, my bias, and interpretation of what X means to me and figure out what it means to them. And X can be whatever situation yeah. is going on. This yeah. starts a communication process. This starts the process of listening. Uh, I let them speak, and I think about what was said, and then I ask more questions about what was already said better to understand them. Um, none of this is about me or my agenda. So yeah. you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah, this one is like equally as crucial. I mean, every point we're going to talk about is is a big deal. But like this, the idea of laying down your own thoughts and bias is really hard to do as a person. Like, I don't know if you can fully do it, but you can get better at it. Um, because obviously we all have things that have, you know, brought us to where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but learning how to interpret what, <laughs> people people say to you is super crucial because it's all like contextually based and it circles back to what I just said like we're all raised and brought up in different ways and so different words and different um, emotions and feelings uh, dictates you know what is actually being said so like in mastering like a really easy example is like someone may say that they want like the low end to be like sound like thunder or something and like i don't have a button you know for thunder there's no like plug in thunder button thunder yeah which you maybe plug we should an make idea a plug if in. anyone wants yeah, it called thunder dear steven slate thunder button seriously thunder button um but yeah like i'll have clients that describe things as like i want it to be light and fluffy or feel like a cloud or like i want it to hit so hard or like i want it to shake the walls mm-hmm. and like all those things we know are like imagery like that's not a real musical thing technically mm-hmm. you know and so for me uh even my idea of thunder like i grew up listening to rapid hip hop i love all that and like I started in that. And so Thunder for me is like super low sub trunk rattler. Like right there, just a trunk rattler. <laughs> like I had to think for again. a second about what yeah, you were talking exactly. about. A trunk rattler. See? That's and a that term. Means like, yeah, it's like subwoofers in your trunk and it's rattling your trunk. Okay. See? Yeah. This is a perfect trunk example. Trunk rattler. 
Yeah. So like for me, that's like thunder. Thunder is like uh, I'm going down the street and you can like hear my my low end through your house, you know. Whereas someone who says like thunder in like a rock album or a CCM album, mm-hmm. like it's probably way more toned down and maybe more so like within rock it may not be something that's felt. It may be more of like a kick drum with like a super attack that you really can hear that's tangible, mm-hmm. more so than like vibrating your windows or your trunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of like the the interpretation that I'm talking about is like when you start to realize that um, everything people people say to you, like it's all coming from like their bias, their worldview, their upbringing, their experiences, and that's totally fine. But you have to realize that um, that this is that that's just a starting point, mm-hmm. you know, of the conversation. Okay. Kind of like that quote said, and it starts for me as soon as they they say something like that. You know, I want to be thundery or like you know, light or cloud or whatever. Um, that means it's time. It's like a a little like light bulb goes off to me of like, okay, I need to ask more questions. Like, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. And so I'll always follow up and ask them, you know, is that, you know, light and airy? Is that like a top end thing? Is it a width thing? Is it a, you know, a space, a depth feeling? And once again, I'm, I'm giving them these words where they probably need to follow up with me and go, well, what do you mean by depth or what do you mean by this? Um, and the longer I do this, the more, uh, you know, the more you kind of build up this uh, created dictionary in my head of like interpretation of like what do things actually mean when people say them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has only come from like doing this for years and years and years and just paying attention to like that that's really important. Like if you want to make a client happy, um, you will ask them follow questions you will be quiet and you will listen to like everything they're saying and you will investigate it until basically they're telling you yes you've got it like stop asking me <laughs> like that's correct um which you know has never happened to me but i like to make sure there's like a hundred percent clarity in where we're going um but within that too like it just that translates to life too of like when people tell you things like they're always, like I said before, like they're always trying to tell you something. Like when we're, when we're speaking to each other about life or like how our day was or how work is or our marriage, like there's usually things in there that are speaking about our desires, our hurts, unresolved hurts, our joys, things like that. And when you're listening intently, um, you start to pick up on those things and those things help you build uh, deeper relationships because you know what questions to ask. Like um, a lot of people, like in social situations, feel like they never have anything to say to people. Like you get nervous or something, and mm-hmm. and I still get nervous in situations, in big social situations or more honestly intimate situations, like with five or six people that I don't know, because um, I can't just go stand in the corner in a party. But, um, <laughs> but like with five or six people. Um, you know, when someone says something to you like, oh, yeah, uh, my my day was fine. I worked on music. You can be like, well, what kind of music? And then they can say, well, I did like a, I worked on this cool folk album, blah, blah, you know, and you can just follow up. Oh, folk. Do you like folk? Yeah. Like, like even simple questions. I know, and I know it kind of feels like small talk, but the mm-hmm. small, the quick small talk 
lays down like a really quick foundation to build into something where they could be like, oh yeah, the folk song, yeah, they talked about this and that. And uh, yeah, the guy just like went through a bad breakup and blah, blah. And all of a sudden there's probably something within that statement about the breakup that actually is telling of that person. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to them, you can automatically connect because we've probably all had breakups and like talking about breakups and exes (coughs) and relationships is like, you know, you can you can build a really solid foundation with someone quickly and learn a lot about them and what they believe and think about life um, and then how that translates to work as well. Um, you can learn all that really quickly if you're listening. But if you're not listening, you can interpret it all as just like, oh, this is all really just like small talk and it doesn't matter. But if you put it all together, all of a sudden you've kind of got this picture of this person um, that you now kind of know, and it's now you're able to make a connection between your life and their life. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. Um, and that's how you, that's how you, um, get friends. (laughs) That's how you can make some friends. I mean, most of all music is written about some form of the relationship process. So, I mean, you're going to, you're going to start some conversation somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, listening to Selfless and learning how to interpret, like, what people are saying is super crucial. And and the main way to do that is just to ask them follow-up questions and to really try and put um, put everything you know about that word or about that situation on hold and realize that, like, there are thousands of variables in every situation and there's never a repeat of a situation. Hmm. Like, it may feel fam- familiar or similar, but every second of every day of every project is different, even if it's from the same client. Like, it's always different, and so you have to be willing to um, take the time to listen every time, no matter if you know the client super well or you've done 100 projects with them. Every project is different. Um, At least that's my opinion on it, and I think each project should get the same amount of attention, and um, a lot of that comes from listening properly. So... That's kind of my thought on that section. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, and jumping back to the whole, like, confirming different things in communication. I mean, one, it shows you're listening and that you want to make sure that you have things, like, pat down and correct. And there's a project that I did um, maybe early last month. And um, for some reason, the way that – and most of my conversations will happen uh, via – like text or Facebook Messenger or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if people aren't in the town I'm in, and for some reason I thought that they wanted to forego uh, DDP on their album, which I thought was a little weird because it was like, you have like a seven-song EP here. I'm like, I'd probably recommend this. And you're having like crossfades and you can hear it in the song. So I was like, like, this is weird. You want to forego this. I mean, I can trim it accordingly. but right. It's still not going to, like, print right. Um, And I was, like, making, like, I probably asked, like, two or three times. I'm like, so are you giving this to the manufacturer as is, or do you you want me to make a DDP? Because, like, I'm not charging extra for it. It's just part of the package whenever you sign on. Right. Um, And he's like, no, 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 no. I I totally want you to do that, and we want to do this right. We want to do it, like, we want to make sure that, like, this process is as, as close to, like, seamless as we can. It's like, let's button this yeah. up. And he's like, let's button it up right. So, right. Uh, I mean, I'm, like, really glad that I did that because I would have probably been waiting to 
uh, see how everything was. And it's like I always follow up uh, with people about a week after they submit stuff to the manufacturer. Be like, hey, just want to make sure there's nothing on my end that you need help with or understanding or the manufacturer didn't explain something or something's weird on, like, the final product or whatnot. It's like... um, it's like I always like to follow up and make sure that like like from the time you hand me the mix to the time that like you release it, I'm f- constantly following up with you to make sure that like everything is all set on right. everything that I touched. Yeah. So <clears throat> and I mean at the end of that I got this like great accolade from him saying you like really cleared all this up, really didn't have an idea what mastering was. Yeah. Uh, before you and I got into this, and um, I'm super glad that uh, we were able to do this. And that's I mean, awesome. that's that's fantastic. And it all just comes from just following up, and it's like just taking care of people. I mean, it's, right. it's a business transaction, but it doesn't mean that it has to act like you're checking out a Walmart, you know? Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So that 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 was really that was really my one my one point there. Um, yeah. And then probably the most like the most important thing to me about people, about situations, um, about people in power uh, yeah. specifically is authenticity and intentionality. And yeah. those are two really, really cool words because you can't fake authenticism. Right. And you can't fake intentionality because yeah, if you're not, trying to fake being long. authentic, you're going to, like, you can't. Like, you're going to come off right. as, like, and eventually you will probably genuinely care because you've invested so much time into trying <laughs> to care about something right, or to be exactly. intentional about it. So there's no real way to fake it. Right. And it's like you're wasting your time and you're just in, like, inadvertently just becoming <laughs> intentional and authentic. <laughs> right. So it's, they're probably my two favorite things and qualities about people. Yeah. Um, and so this next point is about the intentionality of listening. Yeah. And uh, I'll read one of the things that I have written down. Um, you have to be willing to come to a conversation and put your worldview on complete pause and listen to what the other person is thinking. I'll, I'll keep going because I actually really like where this goes. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> Sam's a good blogger. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'm not brown nosing you. <laughs> I'm just trying not. to. I just really like this blog because it's like so true, and like more people need to listen to this. Thank you. Uh, re- read Sam's blog. If you <laughs> if you approach a person or a client with a fixed mindset, you'll struggle with listening. Most of the world's problems come from not listening. Most of my problems, or let's call it our problems, most of our problems within. Uh, Business are from not listening correctly. Uh, Violence happens when people run out of words. Violence happens when people do not feel like anyone is listening. I have never regretted listening to someone, but I've always regret interrupting someone. I mean, that's fantastic. And, like, I was was jotting this down earlier, and I was like, I don't think I, yeah, I don't think I've ever regretted listening to someone. Like, yeah, like, someone can totally waste your time, but... Right. I mean, I've always regretted, like, every time I interrupt you, Sam, I'm always like, sorry if I interrupted <laughs> you. I don't want to be a jerk. You're not a jerk. You're nice. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. You want to unpack all that? Oh, I'll try. Um, 
I'm just like preaching to myself and all my blogs always, by the way, for people that are listening. Um, it's all stuff that I need to learn every day, but to, to try and unpack it. Um, so like number one is like putting your worldview on pause, which we've kind of briefly talked about over the last 20 minutes here. But that's like the biggest one because we're all, we're all like being raised in a bubble, essentially, most of us. And we're all being brought up and taught uh, certain things about life, the way to view life, how the world works. Um, we're taught what is good and what is bad. Uh, we're taught that the world is either full of abundance or it's full of scarcity. We're taught that uh, people are nice or people are, are, are overall mean and they hate you or we're taught that the world is against you and um, that's just how it is and it's tough or we're taught that the world is for you and that you'll be provided for. Um, and I could go on and on about the way we're raised as humans. Um, and so when we come to a conversation or we come to a project, uh, it's always so important to... For me, I like try and take a really deep breath and just think like, okay, everything I know about the universe right now um, at the age of 30, <laughs> so much wisdom at 30, uh, everything I think I know, I have to hit like the pause button on mm -hmm. and just leave that somewhere. And for the next however long the person needs to talk, um, I'm going to just accept what they're saying and not resist. Mm -hmm. And this is like a big shift of like, um, and this is new for me the last couple of years of becoming a person of acceptance, meaning that I'm not resisting people or thoughts or ideas. Um, and I think for me, you know, I was, I used to be very resistant to people's thoughts, ideas, and things because um, they scared me and because I didn't understand them. Um, and I thought that um, if someone had a different viewpoint or a different belief system or a different view of the world, that that could drastically change my world, which at the end of the day is totally true. Like, it could totally change your world, but it also, um, what I've experienced is it's just made my, my world better and bigger and more exciting and more um, more open and spacious and um, when you when you put your worldview on pause um, you're able to just kind of like see people for who they are and um, hopefully you're you're not judging them while they're sharing their story because we're all just like learning here we're all um, every day going through things we've never experienced and, and life can be very difficult and life is difficult for a lot of people and that's very normal. Um, and so with listening, like I just try to hit the pause button every time I have a conversation with someone because, um, because it's just, it's just an honor to let people talk to you and share their story with you. Like, and I think that you can't really, it's really hard to get people the product they want or have a really great relationship with someone if you're always filtering them through like your own bias because mm -hmm. you don't allow them to be them. Like you try and force everything they're saying to work in your set of rules and mindset and that just creates a lot of people that sound just like you. And that, you know, can be comforting for some people and there's a lot of you know, organizations and groups that 
um, that try to keep that that kind of mindset of you know just yes men everybody that's on the same page and always agrees with each other um, but I've just found that especially within music to be um, so boring and it doesn't move forward like it doesn't help create the next um, the next big artist or the next big sound you know like you don't get anywhere and you don't grow mm-hmm. um, by doing the same things you've been doing. Um, you only grow when you try new things. It's like working out. Like you won't make progress unless you keep pushing yourself and, you know, unless you do more weight and more endurance and things like that. Like you won't, you won't grow. And that's the same way your brain works. And like your, your view on life is that if you don't, if you don't keep pushing your boundaries and, and letting people share with you their experiences and their approach and what they want, um, and this goes directly into mastering and, and mixing, like it really does, I swear, and that like my mastering skills have grown so much because I have over the years um, listened to people mm-hmm. and what what they think a record should sound like. So like, you know, I bring in my bias of like, this is how I was taught to listen. This is what I listened to when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how my brain interprets sound and how I think it should sound. Um, and there's been plenty of times where people have said, like, uh, could you make it brighter? Like, mm-hmm. could you just do this or that? And in my head, I'm going, no, absolutely not. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, that's not correct. Like, that's my gut reaction. <laughs> this is a stupid idea. Yeah, it's like my little child inside who's like, I've got to be right, and you're wrong, so yeah. no. But... I had like completely honest. There's plenty of times where like the person will give feedback who really knows nothing about mastering, but they may give a feed like something back of like, could you just see what it would sound like with the top end higher mm-hmm. on this song? And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was that was the right choice. Like that was what they had all along. And this is just part of like you know, creating the relationship with a client, why it's so important to like listen and care is that it's not a, a matter of like being right or wrong or me like catching that or not, but it's, it's all about moving forward and like communicating and listening and helping each other get to the end product. Like you mentioned earlier about like, it's, this is all like a team effort. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, um, <clears throat> there's no Michael Jordan in making music. I feel like, you yeah. know, like there's no dominant, stage because music requires you know like an army of people usually to make a really great song and I'm sure you have exceptions maybe where someone has lots of talent and everything but I just feel like overall in music like you got to be willing to put all your bias and all your worldviews like to the side and listen to everybody and then like go back to what I was talking about with interpretation, like asking follow-up questions on how to interpret what they just said and then figuring out like where you fit into that. And that is where like you turn for me, like I turn my worldview back on or like all my expertise or knowledge or bias, I turn it back on and go, okay, where, where does my experience come (coughs) into this? Like, where am I a good fit in this process with what they just said? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when you start to dialogue and communicate. Um, and then once you do that, like people, once people know you're listening and they felt heard and seen, which is like a core desire of all of us as humans is to be seen and heard. Um, <laughs> once they feel that way and once you're actually doing that, mm-hmm. um, you're going to create such a great end product, but you're going to have a client for life. Like, 
I promise like you will have the most loyal clients and loyal people if they genuinely know they've been felt and heard. Um, because being felt and heard creates this awesome bridge that I'll call trust. And trust is like, man, you need to find people that you trust, but within music, like in mastering, like you need to find a mastering engineer you trust. And for me, people trust me with their music only because I've listened to them and because I've, you know, we, we've joked about four, like we're kind of like, or at least I have, I won't speak for you, Matthew, but we're kind of like psychiatrists essentially or counselors and like people within their, at least for me, like people tell me a lot of things, a lot of intimate details about their life and the project and the songs they're writing that no one else knows about. Mm -hmm. And it would be really easy for me to like, just be like, oh, that's weird or stop telling me that or think something of someone. But when you listen to people and, and you don't bring your bias into it and you just let them talk and share with you, it's a really special thing. And that's one of the things I love about what I do is... I get to hear about all these people's stories and all like their failures and all their, you know, wins and <clears throat> things that have been great and things that have been bad. And, you know, there's a lot of wisdom within songs usually. Um, maybe not so much with pop stuff. There was that, a, but. <laughs> there was a song I mastered last May uh, as a part of an EP. And I was yeah. like, man, this is a really deep song. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder, like, and I remember thinking, I was like, man, I wonder what, like, had to conspire in order for this yeah. to happen. And I never asked. It was right yeah. around when <clears throat> my wife and I were having a kid, and I just never got around to asking. Um, right. I went to their show maybe uh, a month or so later when they came to Charleston, and, I mean, I <laughs> they, it was the last song they played in the set. Yeah. And they said, hey, this is a song that so-and-so, the lead singer, asked me to write about when we didn't really have much material. And yeah. he's like, why don't you write about your parrot that just died? And I was like, Dang. what? This song's about a dead parrot? I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so there's so much you, well, like, I mean, like, or like a parakeet or something like that. I mean... Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I thought it was like some like crazy like heartbreak. It's like it's just about a dead parrot in a box in the ground. Right. But the crazy thing is, is it impacted you on such a level yeah. where you were like, this must be something deep and I need to like I would love to know the meaning about that. And that that goes back to the listening thing. And like you brought in your own bias and worldview to that. It song, meant something you know? so personal to me. Right. See? And that's what I'm talking about is like, that's your worldview and bias. And you probably, maybe you were thinking like, this must be about like somebody, some, some, somebody super important who yeah. like passed away. And they're like, yeah, it's about a parrot who passed away and is like, in probably a box. flew into a UPS truck. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, right. Yeah. But that's the whole thing. See, that's like, Oh, it's such a good example of like what we bring into every conversation and every situation. Preconceived like, notions. Yeah, that's what it is. And that's where like listening and learning how to interpret and asking mm -hmm. questions, I mean, it's so, so, so important because to them, it's probably like a maybe a funny song almost because of the context of when they wrote it, mm -hmm. of like, we don't have material, so let's write about your dead parrot. <laughs> and, <you're, laughs> and you may have, like, someone may have just passed away for you, and you may be like, this is the most beautiful, touching song I've ever heard. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. oh, see, that's awesome. 
That's the whole point of this. I was so frustrated. I was just like standing there with like, like my hands on my head, like, what? This song's about a freaking parrot? Right. (laughs) And then it's like all the lyrics start like falling into place. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, It was ruining. That's awesome. Oh man. So yeah, I mean, there it is. That's listening. That's why it's important to put your worldview on pause. Yeah, something um, that uh, something that I tr- that I try to live by, and this this also goes, to, I believe, to a certain degree. The more I think about it, but yeah. in general, um, feelings from other people are fact, and yeah. essentially, and it doesn't mean that it's w- like a worldly fact. Like I can disagree with some politician who believes something, and just yeah. because their opinion probably derives from some money they're getting somewhere else. But yeah. it's like, regardless of whether or not how much emotion or feeling they have from something, I mean, to them, it's fact. And you can't tell, right. uh, I guess off the politician thing, you can't tell <laughs> somebody that how they're feeling is wrong. Like if uh, a guy likes a girl, but the girl doesn't like him back, he can't tell her that her feelings are wrong. Right, absolutely. Until she likes and loves or whatever him. Yeah. I mean that that just that just doesn't happen. So yeah. I mean that's why you should really like and I I mean like my next bullet is essentially like putting the world on pause. I mean that's why you should yeah. really put the world on pause. I mean nothing's more frustrating than trying to have a conversation with somebody who like midway through the conversation like their Apple Watch or something like goes off or they start screwing with that or their yeah. phone or something like that and they're like uh-huh uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're still, they're like, still like, what about listening? Right. And you know, right. like, whenever they respond, they only have, like, half of what you actually said. So yes. it's kind of like, and this, this happens, this happened to me with a friend of mine. It's just like, why am I even, like, wasting time talking? I could probably talk about a dead parakeet, like, completely switch <laughs> right. like, tracks right now and start that. But it's like, there's, like, there's, there's so much merit in just being part of the world uh a good right. friend of mine my cousin uh his name's dan um <clears throat> when he moved to hilton head when i used to live there uh we would go to this bar that was around it was called bomboros it was like mm-hmm. a block away from the beach and i mean we'd go there two three four five seven times a week who knows who knows the real answer um <laughs> but while there i would notice that whenever i picked up my phone to uh, respond to what my fiance was saying, which I wasn't really in like any moment or something like that. Just something happened on my phone, and maybe yeah. it was about like front of house or something like that that I needed to do the next day or something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> something relatively important. I noticed that when I picked up my phone, Dan would also pick up his phone. And yeah. it was a very odd thing about like not wanting to be left out of something. Yep. And it's so interesting, like, how difficult it is to put the world, like, on pause in a world with, yes. like, technology to, like, try to get out and try to get away from that. And yeah. it's, uh, I mean, it's crippling. It's crippling right. to what's going on. I mean, scientifically, it's not healthy either. These little yeah. tiny, like, shots of dopamine and stuff like that, yeah. if you really want to get into it, to the brain right. and essentially right. making you crave to go back on these things. So, yeah. I mean, it's caused my wife and I to think, hey, well, how do we want to raise our kid? Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't want him addicted to 
a screen. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, the first couple weeks he was born, he literally is, like, pulling himself across our bed to, like, get to a screen. He has no idea what it is. <laughs> right. Absolutely no idea what it is. We got him this thing. Yeah. It's called a no phone. It's a block of plastic. Yeah. And it's for people who have a hard time, like, not staring at their phone. It's a block of black plastic. They have the selfie oh edition. It has a mirror gosh. on the front of it. Oh, my uh, gosh. I think it was on Shark Tank and it was turned down. But yeah, it's incredible. Uh, we ended up getting him that, and he just likes it and he just chews on it. But for some reason, it's about the glass that he just wants it. But that's huh. a, a side note. It's just kind of funny. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's 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 a real thing, and it's really annoying when you're trying to communicate with somebody and they're right. not listening. So I guess we're taking right. this to the other side of the aisle. Is like, how's it been when like people aren't listening? There's complete miscommunication. Um, right. I mean, people are late. People aren't. Uh, people don't, or people don't show up, or yeah. someone has like <laughs> someone shows up to the wrong place. Or I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, who knows? So right. I mean, I mean, the list is endless. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then uh, and kind of putting a caveat on all this is <clears throat> don't let the kindness that most likely will be generated from listening and investing yourself into people, don't let that get taken advantage of. Yeah. So also, um, I should put this down as a podcast topic of like <laughs> knowing your value as like a person. Oh, absolutely. And like when to be like, yeah, I think that this is going to be a hostile like thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like when is a good time to decline work? Because absolutely. I mean, for every, like, couple people you have who, like, really appreciate what you're doing, you're going to have people who take advantage of you. Absolutely. And so yeah. just don't let yourself get taken advantage of through the kindness that we're telling you to to have because people right. take advantage of people. It sucks. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I could touch on that real quickly. For, yeah, dude, for go sure. for it. Because I've had to, like, so, like, when I started, I'll say, listening more years ago, like I became that person who was like, I would get stuck with people at parties and I'd be the guy who got stuck in the corner with someone who would talk to them for like three straight hours. Like, hmm. because I was so much like, I just need to listen. I just need to be here for them. Like they just need to tell me everything. And eventually I found myself like after years of doing that, I felt Personally, I felt unheard and unseen because I was doing all the listening. Mm -hmm. So there's a balance in all this. Like everything we're talking about, it's about balance, of course. Um, but I also learned that a lot of things that get shared with you, like you have to be able to decide if you are like in a place in your life, um, you know, skill-wise within music or just mentally, emotionally, uh, and spiritually. Like are you in a place where you can actually handle what's being told to you. Mm -hmm. And there's times now, like over the last three years, I've gotten really good at telling people like, um, either like, you know, tell me more or like, uh, this just isn't like my burden or my journey to carry. Like yeah. that's your own story to tell is yeah. basically kind of like what I'm saying to people. And that's like within all this, like within the music industry, because you do, I feel like I get told a lot of things, um, you have to learn, you know, this is a different podcast, which boundaries essentially. Like you've got to learn how, yeah, you have to learn how to take care of yourself so that you can listen properly. Um, 
but you have to be really honest with yourself and decide like, am I a good fit for this? Am I even like, do I even have any experience or wisdom where I can even speak into the situation um, right now to what's being said? Because there's plenty of times where we listen and we should be listening. And I know for me, like there's plenty of times where people are telling me things and I'm just thinking in my head, like, what can I say that'll be really cool or like really impactful? Like, what can I, how can I, basically like, how can I make this about me? Mm, <laughs> and I have yeah. to like totally, you know, slap myself in in the brain and be like what the heck are you doing like you're just not that important and this isn't about you Mm -hmm. and you need to just shut up and listen and not even say anything when it like when the person's done talking there doesn't need to be a response like there's nothing you're gonna say right now that matters because it's just like there's something about once again like going back to letting people be seen and heard a lot of times when people tell you things, they don't even want you to respond. Mm-hmm. Like they're not looking to change. And a lot of times they're not looking to um, be counseled. Like they just mm-hmm. want to be heard first. And then over time, maybe they'll ask you for advice. But like I'm super, I mean, my blog is definitely like me giving things I'm learning and just stuff I've been through. But I'm really hesitant with telling people anything as far as advice and wisdom goes unless they ask me for it directly Mm -hmm. and i've just learned that over the years of like people people are only willing really ready to change when they pretty much come to you begging for them like for you to help them Mm. like i found you know like no i mean i get it i i think i grew up being being taught like you should just like help people and and tell them things and correct them and you know that's your that's your burden essentially to like help people. And, um, you know, for me, like I've learned that the opposite is actually better. I just let people talk and I'm just giving them this circles back to point one of like of the podcast, which is just giving them time and giving them your ears is the ultimate sacrifice because I'm giving up my life to listen to them. Like I'm giving up an hour for them to tell me all about their, song or like where they're at um in life and that's all i have to do i don't have to like come back with some deep response that changes their life like Mm. that's not the point of yeah of any anything (laughs) like um but that's just me personally like that's just once again this is like my worldview of how i was brought up and and like taught in schools and stuff and Mm -hmm. um it's just what i've experienced so but yeah, I think, you know, it's just really important to to just let people talk and then decide whether or not like it's your place to even say another word or if your response is, you know, my response now usually is just, you know, thank you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then I have to go process it, you know, and then maybe I'll come back and be like, hey, can you tell me more about that? Or what was that like? Like, I just... I need to know more about that experience or like, you know, um, but yeah, I think even within music, it's just like when someone tells you this is especially like with in critiques or feedback people give you with mixing or mastering or even songwriting, like we don't really get complimented that much in the music industry, I feel like. And that's something like I would love to see changed. And there's plenty of people 
I mean, not plenty, but there's a good amount of people I work with who do tell me when I've like done a really good job. Yeah. And that means a lot because I'm like a person who enjoys affirmation, kind of my love language. I mean, all um, of that is culture though, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, that's true And I too. think it's like, I think like when streaming came into its own and you'll see like, uh, you'll see people all throughout the industry complain about this is <clears throat> like where, like the complete lack of crediting that the industry has right now. Yeah. It's yeah. like Apple, Spotify, like yep. like nowhere has anywhere to credit. My favorite yeah. part about getting an album is looking who the heck did what, and then I will go, <laughs> right. like, I'll be listening to the album, and I'll have the sleeve, I'll go on the back of it, and I'll have my laptop on my lap, and yeah. I'll look up each person who worked on this. Yeah. And it's yep. like, I want to know where they studied, I want to know what else they did, and so I can yep. listen to that and find other bands yep. and stuff. Yes, I mean, I, and then it's like with mastering engineers specifically, stuff I understand, I want to go on to that and I want to listen to more stuff that they do to see if yeah. like they have a type of like system or like tone or yeah whatever and like how they work and whatnot. I mean, it's it's the most fun part of the, the, the music process. Right. It's like, Absolutely. So I think it's it's culture, man. Yeah. It's yeah, 100% culture. That's, that's why it's like... Mastery engineers get zero credit for it. I don't right. I don't really care about credit. I just like doing what I love to do, which is mastering. Right. Um, totally. I don't and uh, words of affirmation isn't one of my love languages. I just like it's nice to be told, "Hey, you did a good job." Sometimes. Right, exactly. Um, Absolutely. But it's like if you ever see anything like online or something like that, it's like mastery engineer rarely gets credit for it. Right. But I mean, I think it's the culture. I mean, yeah, that's no. my opinion. I agree with you on that for sure. Yeah, I was uh, basically like whenever you get mixed critique or feedback and people don't, you know, it's like you're saying like there's not a lot of credit given to people and I think that is creating the culture of like mm -hmm. you don't get praised a whole lot in this job. The best thing to do for me is like I get mixed critiques now and before I even read them, I just tell myself like, you need to like just take this as like your I mentioned before, but now like mixed critiques and stuff for me are just like the answers to a test. Like I flip the script on it of like they're no longer like negative to me. They're actually my answer to how to get this song done mm -hmm. and get them happy and get the best in product and then move on. Like there's no point in like really arguing with people's feedback unless you absolutely feel like it's detrimental mm -hmm. to the song where it's just like this is really going to ruin the song. And that uh, almost never happens at the end of the day, if you're really being honest. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> sorry, unless they're just like, uh, can you just like put a high-pass filter on the whole album <laughs> or something <laughs> crazy? Uh, so it's just one of those things where like, it's just important to listen and hit pause and not respond and maybe even take a whole day to just like digest it because... Anytime we work on things, you know, it's, it is attached to our identity as much as we try to like create separation mm -hmm. and you can get good at that, um, <clears throat> by, by not seeing your work as your identity. Um, but still it's always like, it'll probably always be connected because it is your, you know, it's, it's your, your work is an extension of you. And mm -hmm. so when that gets critiqued, it, it can be really easy for our brain to be like, oh, attack on us personally yeah. as a human. So if you learn to just like create some space and 
um, listen to what they're saying and, you know, once again, put your worldview and bias on pause and, and take an hour or take a day to just think about it. And one thing that I heard, I don't know who said it, but it was just like, anytime you get critiqued, just ask yourself, is there any truth in what they're saying? Like, is there any, like in your interpretation of what they're saying, is there any truth in there? And almost every time there's like truth in their critique, but it's just one of those things where like, I go and I make those adjustments. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? They were right. And this actually encompasses what they were going for better. Mm-hmm. Like most <clears throat> of the time, it's usually me going, resp- responding like, hey, you were right. Like those guitars down now make this better. And the kick drum up here brings more energy. And like, you're correct. And yeah. I was not necessarily wrong once again, but it's just like, I'm reminded always that like, I'm not. I don't have all the answers and I'm like, I don't have to be right for a project to be successful. Yeah. You know, that's not like the goal. That's what I think I'm saying in all this is like, we all bring in these like opinions and thoughts to projects and how we think it should be and what the quote unquote right way to do it and the best way to do it. And at the end of the day, that's not even what it's about. Like Mm -hmm. you don't get an award for being most right about audio. Like, You know, and you don't, you don't get like, you don't get a war, you don't get fame from that. You don't get success from that. And like, I think that's the thing I'm learning over and over again is like, Sam, your biases, like what I, what I believe is correct and right is continually, continually gets challenged. And I'm learning like, it's not even about that anymore. It's just about creating something awesome and, and realizing like, I have the opportunity to create with people and I have the opportunity to combine what I know with someone else who knows something. Mm. And then we get to create something even cooler that's like beyond what <clears throat> either of us could have done. And that to me is awesome. Like that's art, that's music, and that's what pushes us forward in life to keep creating like new things that that really have an impact <clears throat> in the world. So I just think that listening is super important. And I think it's super important to realize as people we you know, our gut reaction usually is to be defensive and to like want to help people and save people and like be profound. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's just not always the right response. And what's best to do is usually just to be silent and, and thank people for being open and vulnerable with us and allowing us for allowing us to be a part of the journey or a part of the project that we're working on. Mm -hmm. So that's my thoughts on that. No, that's awesome. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, one thing that resonated with me that you said is the whole thing of when you receive negative feedback. Yeah. And it's like, I could have received 10 compliments, but it's like, it's like that one. And it's like, oh, it's like, just make sure it's like when you're listening, you're going to hear a lot of crap you probably don't want to hear. Right. So it's like the biggest thing. It's like cling to all the stuff that like are truth and that, you know, that you're, that you're good at. And I mean, nothing's really going to keep you down, especially like. Right now, how the vast majority of the music community operates, really, it's like lots of bedroom producers and it's like lots of late nights by yourself, not with um, the band that was like, or like not hanging out with anybody and uh, not drinking, listening to the mixes or anything like that. It's like you're in there by yourself, you're getting some bad feedback and you're like, man, I just want to hang it up right now type thing. And it's like, you need to like, like, 
cling to what you were told that you're doing good at. And right. um, in the last podcast, Sam said that, uh, well, how do you know what you're good at? And it's the things that you're being affirmed in. Right. And I mean, like, that immediately is like, I, I was listening to it the other day. We haven't posted it yet, but I was listening to it the other day, and I was like, man, why didn't I speak up and be like, yeah, this is awesome, because it was like the, probably the <laughs> best point of the whole dang podcast. But it's like, cling to the stuff that you know that you're affirmed in, and yeah. you're going to get negative feedback. People aren't going to like your stuff. And I mean, if right. what they're saying is about you, it's like, I don't know, it might not be the right client or something. I mean, who knows? Right, exactly. So, yeah. um. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've touched on pretty much all that we can touch touch on about this. Um, yeah, I feel listening in regards about to it. clients, in regards to other people in the industry, and yep. um, random people. <laughs> yeah. You you think about anything else, bud? No, I feel like feel like we said everything we we wanted to for this one, so I feel good. Cool, uh, and. Once again, thank you to everyone who's tuning in. I mean, oh my gosh, yes, it's thank like you. stupid crazy. I mean, our I podcast yesterday that launched it was our fifth one. Uh, we're already at two hundred and fifteen like views for it. I mean, yeah. overall with all of our listens, we're like three thousand two hundred and seventy downloads. I know it's like Absolutely holy crap. Crazy. So yep. thank you very much for everyone who's listening. I mean, yes, thank you. Oh, we just hit North Carolina today. We have two views in North Carolina. We that was Excellent. like it was like the whole southeast except for North Carolina. <laughs> so if you're North Carolina listening to this, thank you. Thank you for doing and contact it. us if you're from North Carolina. Direct message one of us. We'll send you a uh, when we'll we have send merch. You something. <laughs> well, a, we'll a, a mouse pad. We'll send you a handwritten note. I'll I'll write you a note, North Carolina, wherever you are. Hit me up. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> dear Sam. I would like one note, please. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm serious. No, that's great. That is <sighs> that is fantastic. So, uh, awesome. once again, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Who's tuning in? I mean, in two days, this will have been live for a month, and yeah. it's like 3,200, almost 3,300 downloads in like less yeah. than a month. Man, it's yeah. insane. So thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> if there's stuff that you like or stuff that you don't like, please make sure you tell us, direct message, whatever. Um, yeah. Let us know what's going on. Let us know content you want to hear. Um, yes, if you'd like please. to be interviewed or whatnot, like yes. to be a talking head on here, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, give stars, thumbs up, whatever is available. Subscribe. And... Yeah, yeah, subscribe. That that's that's always good. It's always big. Yes. So that's a big one. Yeah. So Sam, you got anything else? Uh I think it's just time to say whatever you're having, have a good one. <laughs> Morning, afternoon, or night, whatever y'all are having, have a darn good one. Have so, a good one. Sam, cue the music. Cueing. <laughs> <laughs>